0: Welcome to Field Notes by AgChoice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an AgChoice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. My name is Rachel Saddison and with me today is Kenny Neerhoof, Accounting Officer with AgChoice Farm Credit. In this episode, Kenny will help us understand why tax planning is a bit unique for farmers this year, and he'll offer guidance on how to avoid any surprise tax bills. Kenny, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hi, Rachel. It's a real pleasure. Um, I think that a bit unique is a little bit of an understatement, but we'll get into it here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. So let's uh, go ahead and get started you know, tax planning is important for farmers every year, but it's especially important this year. Can you help our listeners understand why that is?
1: Sure. Thanks, Rachel. That's a great question. You know, tax planning should be a regular part of managing your farm business. Hopefully your accountant or tax advisor is a regular part of your team of professionals helping your farm business. But if not, at least make sure you have a tax planning visit scheduled with your accountant each year around this time. The expectation should really never be, it's never realistic to pay no taxes and isn't the best approach for any business, but a good tax advisor can help you level out those year to year peaks and valleys that we tend to see with planning. You can make informed personal and business decisions and better understand your overall tax position. As we talked about, 2020 has been a very unique year in a lot of ways, and for farmers, access to COVID relief programs, including the famed Payroll Protection Program (PPP), the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and the Coronavirus Food Assistance Programs, better known as cfap one and now coming CFP2, may have some tax implications. One of the big challenges is that details on all of these programs, how they will be treated, is still unclear. Even as we record this podcast, there is proposed legislation that may pass and may not pass and have implications on how programs are handled. Therefore, I'd like to talk about what we know today.
0: So let's talk about these COVID relief programs. Could you walk us through each program and what farmers should know from a tax planning standpoint? Sure, I can do that. Hold on to your hats. There's a (laughs) lot of information
1: here. So with that said, let's start with CFAP, which is likely the easiest to understand right now. CFAP is technically just a disaster payment, similar to crop insurance. For that reason, we question whether it can be deferred for one year like crop insurance can be. One clear detail points to a no answer. Only proceeds that are related to damage can be deferred, not proceeds related to price, which CFAP is price-based. Since there is no final IRS ruling yet, the deferment door might remain open for specialty crops that go straight to market after harvest. Or at harvest time to be safe let's not count on deferring CFAP round 1 or recently announced CFAP 2 payments CFAP payments are treated just like AG program payments that are taxable in the year received so keep a lookout for a 1099 from the USDA or FSA next let's tackle the economic injury disaster loan EIDL will have a relationship with PPP if your PPP loan is forgiven, but we'll come back to that shortly. There are two different pieces to the EIDL program to understand. First, the advance money that people received very quickly, and then second, the actual loan they signed for with the Small Business Administration. The advance piece will be treated like a grant. This will not need to be repaid, but it will be taxable income. The actual loan portion is just like any other loan you might receive. The proceeds are not taxable and the principal you repay is not deductible. Now to PPP. If you got a PPP loan and you also got the advance portion of EIDL, the EIDL advance will count against your loan forgiveness amount. Think of it as like not being able to double dip on free money. Here's a quick example. If you got a PPP loan for $100,000 and you also got an EIDL advance for $10,000, the maximum loan forgiveness you can receive is $90,000. The remaining $10,000 is just what's left on your PPP loan to repay. Congress passed the CARES Act earlier this year with clear intent that PPP loan forgiveness would be excluded from gross income for the recipient. What was not addressed in the CARES Act was whether payroll and other expenses covered by PPP funds would follow internal revenue code or not. There's a lot in the code, and I'm going to summarize it as plainly as possible. But if you are not going to claim the income, in this case forgiven debt, you can't claim the associated deductions. At this writing, without action from Congress, you can't claim any of those payroll expenses up to the amount that your PPP loan is forgiven. This is a challenge for many accountants like myself because we're very particular and we want to make sure that your gross wages expense on your tax return for farmers on their Schedule F matches their W-3 transmittal form. This is a form that summarizes all the W-2s that they hand out, the Social Security Administration. With a longer period allowed at this time, up to 24 weeks to use the PPP funds, it makes sense to wait until early 2021 to apply for the PPP forgiveness and use those 2020 payroll forms to further document the forgiveness application. The big question is whether can we use this inconsistency between the code and the intent of the CARES Act to benefit us in tax savings by one, maintaining or carrying, so to speak, the PPP loan into the next year, into 2021, and then two, claiming all the payroll and other eligible expenses for 2020, and three, applying for debt forgiveness in 2021, and then actually showing the income in 2021. Potentially, there is room for interpretation on this strategy. It is similar, actually, to how many farmers use the prepaying method of next year's crop inputs in December, but holding and not selling last year's crop until March. There are many pieces to consider around the timing of PPP loan forgiveness, and everyone's situation is unique, just like this year. You should seek guidance from a tax professional on when to file your PPP loan forgiveness application, and definitely stay tuned for any post-election changes from Congress before the end of this year.
0: Thanks, Kenny, that is a lot to take in, but certainly some important information to know. Is there anything else you'd like to share with farmers on this topic?
1: Yes, thank you, Rachel. I think it's important for farmers to just simply not get overwhelmed, which is easy to do with all the information I just shared. That's why it's so important to schedule an appointment with your own tax advisor. He or she is able to walk all of these programs along with the normal factors that have tax implications on your farm business. They can walk through all of that with you. We've had plenty of surprises here in 2020, and we don't want your tax situation to be another. So being proactive and calling your accountant is the best thing to do. If you're looking for an accountant who may serve your needs better, consider us here at the accounting records and tax team at AgChoice. In addition to doing taxes and tax planning, we offer a full suite of services, including accounting services, such as software, installation and support, management reports, and in-house records and payroll service.
0: Kenny, thanks again for joining me today to talk on this episode about tax planning.
1: Always a pleasure, Rachel. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by AgChoice posted at agchoice.com podcast.